0: Hello, everyone. We're back in the book of Luke today, Luke chapter 16. We'll be putting in at verse 19, um, starting with a parable, uh, if it was a parable, of the rich man and Lazarus. There was a rich man who was clothed in purple and fine linen and who feasted sumptuously every day. And at his gate was laid a poor man named Lazarus, covered with sores, who desired to be fed with what fell from the rich man's table. Moreover, even the dogs came and licked his sores. The poor man died and was carried by angels to Abraham's side. The rich man also died and was buried. So notice that the poor man gets carried by angels and the rich man just gets gets buried and in hades being in torment he lifted up his eyes and he saw abraham far off and lazarus at his side and he called out father abraham have mercy on me and send lazarus to dip the end of his finger in water and cool my tongue for i am in anguish in this flame. we get a picture of Hades, we get a picture of death here. We get a picture that <clears throat> the dead can in Hades are aware of those in heaven. <clears throat> and so uh, but Abraham said, child remember that you in your lifetime received your good things and Lazarus in like manner bad things. But now he is comforted here, and you are in anguish. And besides all this, between us and you, a great chasm has been fixed in order that those who would pass from here to you may not be able, and none may cross from there to us. Verse 27, and he said, <clears throat> I beg you, Father. This is the rich man again. He's begging Father Abraham. I beg you, Father, to send him to my father's house. In other words, I'm begging you to send uh, raise Lazarus from the dead and send him back to my father's house. For I have five brothers, because he's wanting Lazarus to return from the dead. <clears throat> <clears throat> to warn everybody so that he may warn them, lest they also become, they come into this place of torment. But <coughs> Abraham said, they have Moses and the prophets, let them hear them. And he said, no, Father Abraham, but if someone goes to them from the dead, they will repent. He said to him, if they do not hear Moses and the prophets, neither will they be convinced if someone should Rise from the dead, powerful there isn't it? <clears throat> it's the refusal to repent uh, and the and to believe the gospel is not primarily due to lack of evidence but due to a hardened heart. That was from my study Bible. <laughs> I think that's really profound. <clears throat> And so we come to chapter 17, and he said to his disciples, temptations to sin are sure to come, but woe to the one through whom they come. It would be better for him if a millstone were hung around his neck, if he were cast into the sea, that he should cause one of these little ones to sin. Pay attention to yourselves. If your brother sins, rebuke him. If he repents, forgive him. And if he sins against you seven times in the day and turns to you seven times saying, I repent, you must forgive him. My study Bible points out that in the Jewish faith at the time, it was considered honorable to forgive somebody three times. But Jesus is making a point here that his disciples are to exceed these customs about forgiveness. <clears throat> Verse 5, one of the apostles uh, the apostles said to the Lord, increase our faith. And the Lord said, if you had faith like a grain of mustard seed, you could say to this mulberry tree, be uprooted and planted in the sea and it would obey you. I've read this passage so many times <clears throat> over, over time, and I've, I mean, I've seen it. But <clears throat> don't miss this little point here. I, I see it in my study Bible. Jesus' reply here about just having a, just enough faith, just like a little mustard seed. It's a really small seed. It's indicating that even a very small amount of faith... If it is genuine trust in God can lead to remarkable results. That is so encouraging. The issue is not the size of our faith, but its presence. Okay? So <clears throat> my study Bible says that this verse must be understood in connection with the other passages. They talk about prayer and the nature of genuine faith. Just a little bit of faith can do remarkable things. Don't look down on yourself if you feel like you have a lack of faith. (coughs) Jesus is encouraging us in our faith. That even a, lot, even a small amount of faith can do so much. Verse 7. Will any one of you who has a servant plowing or keeping sheep say to him when he has come in for the field, Come in at once and recline at my table. <clears throat> now Jesus is saying here, if somebody's doing a job for you, you don't... you. Um, <clears throat> you don't bring him in and and just thank thank them um for doing their job for doing what they're supposed to do no what he says he says will he not rather say to him prepare supper for me and dress properly and serve me while i eat and drink and afterwards you will eat and drink he's saying That's what people do when you got people working for you. Does he thank the servant because he did what he was commanded? You know? So you also, when you have done all you were commanded, say, we are unworthy servants. We have only done what was our duty. In other words... When you're doing what you're supposed to do, when you're doing what is right, that doesn't mean you get all kind of special praise or all kind of special recognition. Because we are unworthy. And we're just doing what unworthy servants are supposed to do. Our duty. There's nothing we can do that allows us to overcome our sin only what Christ does verse 11 on the way to jerusalem he was passing along between samaria and galilee and as he entered a village he was met by 10 lepers who stood at a distance and lifted up their voices saying jesus master have mercy on us when he saw them he said to them go and show yourselves to the priests and And he said to him, Rise and go your way. Your faith has made you well. This illustrates the principle of giving thanks to God for what we have received. Being thankful. We're going to stop here. Turn the rest of the podcast over to our co-host in Zambia, Matali, Mitali, I hope you're doing great. Look forward to hearing your study today for me to all of you god bless you keep your hearts centered on christ and we'll see you here next time
1: hello so today's teaching is coming from luke chapter 16 beginning at verse 19 all the way through to luke chapter 17 verses 1 through to verse 37 so scripture reads verse 19 of luke chapter 16 there was a certain rich man who was clothed in purple and fine linen and fared sumptuously every day. But there was a certain beggar named Lazarus, full of swords, who was laid at his gate, desiring to be fed with the crumbs which fell from the rich man's table. Moreover, the dogs came and licked his swords. So we have two men here. At the opposite ends of the social, financial ladder and every other ladder that you can think of, moral or whatever. So one represents the rich and elite and the other the lowest extreme of poverty. So they were like on different social strata. completely different. So this poor man was never invited to sit at the table of the rich man. And he depended on the crumbs that fell from the rich man's table. So this is the condition of this poor man in that life. You know, no one respected him, and you know, he was just a poor man. Verse 22 goes on to read, so it was that the beggar died and was carried by the angels to Abraham's bosom. The rich man also died and was buried. So here, our Lord now comes to the doors of death, and He passes it as if nothing had really happened, like with so much ease. Um, So he doesn't use any jargon or, you know, more explanation. You know, the two died. The rich man died and the beggar died. So this is something that we can't actually penetrate. You know, we may have it all in life, you know, in our present life today and all. But only God can penetrate to um, the other side, death. So in our last study, we actually noted that three men had brought um, us word from the other side. So this is the Lord Jesus Christ himself, Paul the apostle, and John. So they're the ones that brought us, um, um, you know, word from from the dead, from the other side. Um, so the beggar died. And there was no funeral. So here's just code it's just noted he died and there was just no funeral. He was just um, you know, on the lowest end of the social strata. So his body was just taken out and they threw it over into Gehenna. So and this, you know, is the place that they actually threw the bodies over of the poor in that day. So the man, uh he actually um the minute, sorry, the minute that he actually stepped into the doorway of death, you know, the angels were his poor bearers, So the angels came and carried him into Abraham's bosom. So the rich man also died and he was buried and he had a funeral. You know, obviously he had like a respectable funeral and this preacher was preaching, oh, this man, you know, he did this and that for our society. I'm sure, you know, like there was lots of, buildings that were named after him, and he was probably involved in so many charities and things like that, you know, to just make himself look good. And probably the preacher was preaching, oh, he's going to heaven. But, you know, the preacher had it wrong. Verse 23 goes on to read. And being in torment in Hades, he lifted up his eyes and saw Abraham afar off, and Lazarus in his bosom. So here the rich man Went to Hades, not hell, but Hades. My translation reads Hades. So, um, you know, because hell is not yet open for business yet, the devil isn't the first one there in hell. So, the devil right now he's the God of this world. So, the Antichrist and the false prophets will be put there first. So, they're the, going to be the first people. That's according to the, you know, towards the end of the book of Revelations. So when um when we die um like um yeah when when we die we we actually go to Hades and in the old testament it's actually called Sheol. So the un- Sheol meaning the unseen world and in Psalms sixteen verse ten there's actually a description for this. And, um, it reads, for you will not leave my soul in Sheol, no, will you allow your Holy One to see corruption. So, um, yeah, this is a description of, um, Hades. That's what it's called in the New Testament. So what is death? That's the first thing we're supposed to actually look at. So death, death is not extinction. Yeah, that is actually separation. And you know, Adam, when he actually ate the fruit from that Garden of Eden, the forbidden fruit, he died spiritually. He did not die physically, he died spiritually. So he was, meaning, he was separated from God that day. So people today, you know, if you look at them, people are dead while they actually live. They're just, the spirit is just dead. You, know, you see, people like, you have dead saints in church, they're just there, so people want to, you know, spice up their lives and liven it up, this is why you find a lot of people, like, because people are so empty and so depressed, and so they just feel alone, they just want something that's gonna fill that void, and this is why people resort to, like, drugs and alcohol and all forms of, um, you know, narcotics, so there is a second death, though, and that's spiritual death, and that's eternal separation from God, which is sad, I'm very sad. So at physical death, the soul and the spirit of man does not end. It's uh does not actually end. Um it's actually the body that dies, and you know, the spirit and the soul is immediately taken out from the body. So in Acts, let's turn to Acts two, verse twenty-seven, it reads Um. For you will not leave my soul in Hades, nor will you allow your Holy One to see corruption. So it's it's the same verse as we read in um, in Psalm 16. And in 1 Corinthians 15, verse 55, it reads, O death, where is your string? O Hades, where is your victory? So it's, it's, you know, when we die, we go to a place called Hades, if you're a saint um you go to the better place um the paradise of hades yeah the better place of hades and for the non-believers you know they end up like the rich man in the story of uh, the parable of lazarus so this here that's being talked about here is hades in uh, first corinthians 15 verse 55 and acts 2 verse 27. so in the old testament That's where the lost went, to a place of torment. That's in the Old Testament. And the saved actually went to a place the Lord labeled Abraham's bosom. So that's still Hades in the unseen world. Verse 24, goes on to read. Then he cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me. And send Lazarus that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue. For I am tormented sorry excuse me in this flame but abraham said son remember that in your lifetime you received your good things and likewise lazarus is evil and likewise lazarus evil things but now he's comforted and you are tormented so the rich man and lazarus's status now have changed because there was in the heart of these men good and evil. So if you get the rich man, though he was rich at all, that didn't make him good. He was not a nice man. And in Abraham's heart, it was good. So you can't judge by, you know, outward appearances, the goodness or the evilness or the evil heart of a person. You can just judge by looking. And people tend to like like to judge like, because someone has money and they do all these, like, works, charitable works and voluntary works, and they judge that the person is actually a good person. No, you can't just judge because, you know, money can't buy goodness. If the person is just, you know, a bad person, the person is just a bad person. Verse 26 goes into read, And besides all this between us and you, there is a great gulf fixed so that those who want to pass from here to you cannot, nor can those from their past, us. So, the body of believers today, they go into the grave and return to the dust. You know, we go back to the elements of dust. But the spirit actually returns to God and goes into his presence. So, scripture reads absent from the body, present with the Lord. So, the lost go to the place of torment hades when it um it actually um said our lord decided descended when sorry when scripture actually reads our lord descended into hades um he descended into the paradise section of hades and the day will come when hades will be cast into the lake of fire and men will no longer go there when they're going to have eternal life so the body is just a temper house that we actually live in today and it's going to be left behind so you know the word cemetery the word cemetery is like a place the meaning is like a place where one puts the body of their loved ones so it's like an inn or a motel or a hotel or a guest house. So the body is asleep, but the spirit leaves the body immediately when the person dies. So one makes their decision in this life of where they will actually end up. You know, this is our second chance to actually make up our mind. God never intended for anyone to go to the place of torment. That's Hades. So one does get a second chance after this life. So one has a choice to actually choose. So if you look at Adam and Eve, they had a choice, and they chose to eat of the forbidden fruit and to disobey God. So we have choices here on earth. You know, all the decisions that we make, all those are choices. We can choose to go ahead and make the wrong decisions, or we can choose not to Um, to, to actually just make the right decision. Verse 27 goes on to read. And then he said, I beg you, therefore, Father, that you would... Send him to my father's house, for I have five brothers, that he may testify to them, lest they also come to this place of torment. Abraham said to him, They have Moses and the prophets, let them hear them. And he said, No, Father Abraham, but if one goes to them from the dead, they will repent. But he said to him, If they do not hear Moses and the prophets, neither will they be persuaded, though one Rise from the dead. So today, there is one who has come back from the dead, and that's the Lord Jesus Christ. And still people don't believe him. Still people make a mockery of him. Still people, you know, they just don't believe him. And it's just, you know, it's just so, like, sad, you know, to have people who are just like atheists, and they just choose not to, you know, believe um, the Lord Jesus Christ who came from the dead to testify the good news and to give salvation which is free but we just still don't want to accept him Um. so now we we'll come to chapter 17 and in chapter 17 he gives them a lesson in forgiveness verse 1 goes on to read then he said to the disciples it is impossible that no offense should come but woe to him through whom They do come. If It would be better for him if a millstone were hung around his neck and he were thrown into the sea. Then he should offend one of these little ones. So, you know, this is harsh language. It's actually severe. To actually cause a little one to offend. So one will have a harsher punishment. You know, because clearly these in, these little ones are innocent, and it's up to the adults to actually guide them in the right direction. So, one is going to have a harsh punishment. So, you know, to offend the little ones, the so, little so the little ones are innocent, and to not give them, you know, that chance is just evil. To not give them a chance at, like, you know, eternal life. To not give them a chance to get to know the Lord Jesus Christ is evil. To just offend, to 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 to. Cause the little ones to offend you know, for example, you get these like drug dealers and drug pushers and all or, or um people who use child soldiers or child labor um you know to he to 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 move their cause forward and just you know rob the innocence of these kids for you know, their own benefit that's just evil so god God's with um those children you know god's always always been on the side of the the children and not the ones who cause them to offend scripture goes on read let me just drop down to verse seven it reads and which of you having a servant plowing or treading sheep will say to him when he has come from his field come at once and sit down and eat but will not but will he not rather say to him perhaps something for my Supper and gird yourself and serve me till I have eaten and drunk, and afterwards you will eat and drink. Does he thank the servant because he did the things that were commanded him? I think not. So here he actually gives a parable, yeah. And um you know, an application for today. You know, based on this parable. So they are those who actually say they follow the Sermon on the Mount. They are a good neighbor. You know, they follow all these, um, the Ten Commandments. And they love people. And they think they actually measure up and think one day God will actually commend them. If one kept the Ten Commandments and the Sermon on the Mount. You won't get salvation for this. Hmm as that's what actually one's supposed to do as a preacher of God as a Christian salvation is a gift and you don't actually work for it you yeah. you will not stand before God and say i did these and these works no because you were commanded you are, you, you are required as a child of God to actually live by the word of God by the commandments and you know all those things are here in the Sermon on the mount so dropping down to verse 11 it reads now it happened as he went to Jerusalem that he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee so here now he's actually drawing near Jerusalem because he is steadfast uh, and he is headed towards Jerusalem, towards his um, crucifixion, towards his death so verse 12, what to read. Then as he entered a certain village, there met him ten men who were lepers, who stood afar off. And they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. So when he saw them, he said to them, Go show yourselves to the priest. And so it was that as they went, they were cleansed. And one of them, when he saw that, he was healed, returned, and with a loud voice glorified God. And he fell down on his face and at his feet, giving thanks. And he was a Samaritan. So, you see, he was a Samaritan. The Lord Jesus Christ came for everybody. So his sins are forgiven. The others were healed, but not saved. You know, there were Samaritans. So this man came back to actually... Give glory to God and to thank God. And today, thankfulness should be in a Christian's heart. So part of our worship is to thank God. So God is our thanksgiving. We should have a thankful heart um, towards the King. Everything should be done with thanksgiving. After we go to church to thank God and to glorify Him. To thank God for our lives and thank God for... Good health and thank God for so many things. For family and so many things. So we have to be thankful. We have to have a thankful heart as Christians. Verse 20 goes on to read. Now, when he was asked by the Pharisees when the kingdom of God would come, he answered them and said, The kingdom of God does not come with observation." Verse 21, nor will they say, see here or see there, for indeed the kingdom of God is within you. So he didn't mean it was in their hearts. It was in the house of the Pharisees. These were like a brood of vipers. So they were hypocrites. So he's actually saying the kingdom of God is in their midst. That's the person of Christ. He was right there in their midst. So the kingdom of God was present, it was in their midst. So drop down to verse 29. um, chapter 17 of Luke and it says, but on the day that Lot went out of Sodom, it rained fire and brimstone from heaven and destroyed them all. So this is when now he comes to this earth to actually set up his kingdom. So they are told that there will be no warning to them. Um, to the approaching of the kingdom of God. And that they should actually always be ready at all times. So he might come any time, And this is true for any believer today. We ought to, you know, be steadfast in our prayers. We ought to always be ready. Because we do not know the time and day he's going to come like a thief in the night. We do not know the time and day when he's going to come. So we always should be ready um and waiting for him. So this is our teaching for today. Thank you all for listening in. God bless you all and have a pleasant day. Bye.